Jesse Kelly, tonight from 6 till 9. Mr. New York, Mark Simone, returns Monday at 10. 710 WOR. Well, we're coming to your city. Gonna play our guitars and sing you a country song. When anybody raises a question about this new CBO score, it is a fake score about a bill that doesn't exist, uh, and we should really focus on the actual bill everybody's uh, going to vote on and considering in Congress right now. There have been some recent polls that show that quite a few Americans have some questions about the president's current mental fitness. So what's your response to that? I think that's ridiculous. Freedom is back in style. Welcome to the revolution. Yeah, we're coming to your city. Gonna play our guitars and sing you a country song. Sean Hannity. The new Sean Hannity Show. More behind-the-scenes information on breaking news. And more bold, inspired solutions for America. This is a special edition of The Sean Hannity Show. America trapped behind enemy lines. Day number 125. This is The Sean Hannity Show, and it is 125 days since our president left Americans behind in Afghanistan. Totally unnecessary. Didn't have to be that way. But this is the Sean Hannity Show, and I know I sound like Sean, but I'm Louie Gohmert, and I think that's why Sean has had me do this for a decade or so, is because, you know, we sound so so much alike. Um, I just love the guy. All right, uh, we have two guests at this time. One is Julie Kelly, a political commentator, senior contributor to American Greatness. She's the author of Disloyal Opposition, How the Never Trump Right Tried and Failed to Take Down the President. And then we also have a friend, an international film and television star. I loved him when he was in Justified, and I started watching that after I heard Rush Limbaugh talk about it. Nick was great, Uh, but his latest film, he's got a couple of uh, documentaries. His latest film is based on the events of January 6th. It's just terrific. Even though I'm in it a couple of places, it's really terrific. Uh, and that's Nick Searcy. The new documentary is called Capital Punishment, and that's C-A-P-I-T-O-L, which is the Capitol building itself. But uh, welcome, Julie and Nick. We're going to talk about January 6th a little bit. Uh, um First of all, Julie, thank you for all your coverage. Of course, you and I have been talking for quite some time because I figured out in a hurry you have done more and better research and digging about what took place January 6th than anybody. And, uh, Nick, it's taken months to get this documentary done and done the way you wanted it. And it's, you know, I I was really impressed other than me being in I was very impressed. Um, well, you were, Louie, you were in the movie, so that uh, it makes me look better. Yeah, of I, course. Well, you and I were sitting there together, and of course, uh, and, and I was asked by Stuart Varney one time, he said, you know why we like you on the show? And I said, yeah, I do. He said, why? I said, 
because when you and I are sitting together, you look and sound a lot more intelligent. <laughs> but anyway, and so I did that for you, you know, to make you look and sound more intelligent. And you did, actually. Uh, yeah. So, Nick, what uh, caused you to go about uh, doing this documentary on January 6th? Don't you know people come after you if you dare to say there was no insurrection, even though... There were crimes committed, and people need to be punished for those, but nobody's been charged with insurrection. So why why, why did you do the documentary? Well, I, did the, I wound up doing the documentary because I was there on January 6th. I went to Washington, not with the idea of making a film, but just because I wanted to be there and see what happened. And uh, I made a few little iPhone videos just like a tourist and saw a lot of people praying and Saying the Star Spangled, singing the Star Spangled Banner, and saying the Pledge of Allegiance, and that sort of thing. And then when I got home that night and watched the news, I didn't see anything like what I had seen. I hadn't personally seen any of the violence, and that was all they were showing me. And so, as the months drug on, and and I started to see how this uh, day was being painted, I started to feel called to sort of we need to we need to make a a, a movie and tell the other side of the story because. The, the the mainstream media is is basically lying by omitting the other side of the story. Well, it's interesting, and, and I've gotten so much information from Julie Kelly, and I appreciate so much Julie, uh, you know, steering in the right directions. But uh, as y'all know, Marjorie Taylor Greene and I had uh, submitted a letter to uh, Mayor Bowser saying we're demanding to have a tour of the D.C. jail, and that was after months. Uh, we had several of us, you know, Matt Gates and Bob Good, Paul Gosar, and lots of others have been interested and encouraging. But uh, we've been trying to find out what was really going on with the January 6th folks. Uh, and as a former judge, I've been a prosecutor and judge and chief justice, and and I know the Constitution and the, the court interpretation made very clear, you don't punish people who have not been found guilty of a crime uh, if they're in there before they're tried or found guilty or, or not guilty then all you do is hold them. You don't punish them. And these folks were getting punished. They have not been allowed to uh, get the kind of medical care they needed. And finally, this summer, we had a judge uh, say that. Uh, Julie, what is the latest that you're hearing about and, and finding out about the folks that are still incarcerated? Well, Congressman, I first want to really express my gratitude and on behalf of the detainees and their families for your work to bring attention to this constitutional and really civil rights and human rights travesty that's happening to now about 70 defendants who are being held under pretrial detention orders. Um, and so I'm so grateful for you and Marjorie Taylor Greene and just a handful of Republican congressmen. This has been largely ignored by Republicans uh, in, in Washington. And so I just want to say thank you to you. Um, there are still about 40 detainees, and I urge everyone to do two things. Pull up the report that you and uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene put together. Uh, I think it's called Unusual uh, Cruel Unusual. I wish I knew the name of the report. I'm sorry. I just wrote about it yesterday. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, and so it details what you all encountered in that facility. Right. Um, and so, there, you know, these judges are still signing off on keeping these men behind bars. I listened to a trial, a court hearing today, a Trump appointee, Judge Trevor McFadden, who has signed off on numerous pretrial detention orders, insisting that a ar- three-time RV ranger, three tours in Afghanistan, a Penn State graduate, a high school teacher who got fired after he was arrested for his involvement in January 6th, denied his release again today. He's been in jail since June, and Trevor McFadden just set their trial date for the end of August 2022. So this is what these judges are doing, saying that they are a threat to society because of their involvement on January 6th. This is a double set of justice, a double standard of justice that we cannot tolerate. And, of course, Nick, your beautiful film, uh, beautifully done film, gets into that as well. Well, in, in talking about the bail situation, you know, we know that, uh, you know, from the reports that the uh, the riots that were <laughs> that were not peaceful, that did so much destruction and people were killed, uh, that there were people that had no bail. And so they were able to to just be immediately out of jail because they were told no bail was set. Uh, and yet then you have people from January 6th, they have served their country ably and well. Some of them uh, did not go into the Capitol, some did. I really think the reason that the oldest person there, Lonnie, was there is because uh, in this car they found a gun, uh, and they want to hang on to somebody and say, oh, that's the guy that had the gun. And I really did not appreciate either Merrick Garland's absolute insanity or his lying when I asked him if there was anybody that participated in the illegal events of January 6th that had a gun in the Capitol. He knew good and well nobody had a gun in the Capitol. The gun was found in a car a long way off, and yet he said something like, well, I'm not sure where it was found. Somebody, a gun was found, I'm not sure where it was. He knew exactly where it was. He wasn't being honest. He, they had wanted to make it an armed insurrection, yet nobody has been not even not just not found guilty, but not even charged with insurrection, yet Democrats continue to say there was an insurrection. And, y'all, it's beginning to sound more and more like the Russia hoax. The more it starts falling apart and the closer we get to finding out all of the truth, yeah, there were conservatives that committed illegal acts that should be punished, no question. But we need to find out about who those people were that were encouraging them, pushing them, how many of them were employed by the federal government. Uh, Julie, you have any further insights on that? Well, I think we are finally uncovering the role of Capitol and D.C. Metropolitan Police who were attacking and assaulting protesters. We see this on video. This is why the government, DOJ, wants to conceal 14,000 hours of surveillance video that was captured by Capitol Security camera system that day. Um, but I think we are, we've already seen some clips, body-worn camera footage of what police were doing, beating protesters, uh, assaulting them with explosive devices, with rubber bullets, dousing them with tear gas. 
But what we really are looking for is surveillance video of what happened in that lower West Terrace tunnel where cops were gassing protesters. That was the site of the death of Roseanne Boyland. We're still trying to get to the bottom of that. We were told by the D.C. coroner she died of a drug overdose. That does not seem to be the case. No. So right now, we're uh, the law- a lawyer and press organizations are trying to unseal the protective order on three hours of surveillance video in that tunnel. The American people are going to be shocked and appalled at what they saw D.C.-based police officers do to American citizens inside and outside the Capitol on January 6th. Well, and that's uh, that's a great point. And when Marjorie and I were in, uh, finally, after you know a few hours and 30-minute standoff where we were demanding to s- review the area where the January 6ers were, but... Uh, one of them was showing me the disclosure of the footage that was going to be used against them, and it was what was being made available to their attorneys. And the the numbers were sequentially uh, numbered, and these were segments of the film. And the guy was pointing out that, look, see, it'll say like segment six, seven, eight, and then mm-hmm. 10 or 11, and it, it keeps skipping segments. And he was saying those are the most important ones because that's where this happened, this happened. You can tell because of what comes before and after it. And it sounds like from what they're describing that our Justice Department is, if they're accurate, they'd be committing uh, unconstitutional actions in covering up uh, exculpatory evidence rather than producing it as the law requires, and, uh, you know, it wouldn't be the first time that's ever happened, but it is really outrageous. Nick, in all your research, uh, what concerns you most about what was happening uh, or what's been happening since January 6th? Well, you know, most of the reason the movie is called Capital Punishment is because the, the FBI and the Department of Justice has basically singled out Many people who never went in the building, never committed any violent acts that day, and in fact have never been arrested before for anything in their lives, they're coming to their houses in the middle of their suburban neighborhoods with battering rams and SWAT teams. They're breaking down their doors. They're handcuffing their daughters and wives out on the sidewalk. The treatment of these people that you see in my movie is so appalling and shocking that it'll make you say, I can't believe this is America. And I don't understand why they're doing this. And the reason they're doing this is that they are trying to send a message. They're trying to terrorize these people. And they're trying to send a message to the community saying, if you ever, ever dare support a candidate like Trump again or stand up for your rights ever again, this is what's going to happen to you. They are intentionally punishing these people so that they will shut up. They're trying to silence them. How do they find your film, Nick? CapitalPunishmentTheMovie.com, CapitalPunishmentTheMovie.com. There's footage in there of uh, BLM activists changing clothes in the bushes. We have proof in the movie that there were activists there that were not conservatives, no matter what Christopher Ray testified to Congress about. He was lying. Well, thank you so much, Julie Kelly and Nick Searcy, and I'll give julie's information when we come back from this break this is the sean hannity show louis gomer sitting in
This is the Sean Hannity Show, now heard on over 660 radio stations across America. Thanks to all of you for making this happen. Sean Hannity. This is the Sean Hannity Show. This is Louis Gohmert. And Julie Kelly, uh, thank you for all your great work and digging and finding out what's been going on. Uh, how can people follow you and find out what you're doing to learn more about uh, January 6th? You really are the one that's done the most uh, research and, and digging and talking to family members. You've talked to uh, some of those that have been jailed, correct? Yes, I have. I have talked to them. I've talked. I've still talked to some of them who are in jail, and certainly yeah. their family members. So, so tell us how people can follow you. My work can be found at American Greatness, amgreatness dot com, amgreatness dot com, and also I'm on Twitter a lot, uh, covering a lot of these court hearings as well. And that's Julie underscore Kelly two. Well, and what is going on right now? We just got about twenty seconds. Uh, well, we're just going to be looking ahead to the trials in 2022 and, uh, you know, see this narrative further collapse and fall apart and blow up right in the Democrats' face. So you must not have much faith in the January 6th commission being <laughs> able to blame Republicans for everything. <laughs> I, have a, I have faith that they're making themselves look really foolish. So that's Well, that's, well thank you, Julie. This is the Sean Hannity Show, and we'll be right back. favorite radio talk show host is on the air right now. Right, Mr. Baldwin? Here's Sean Hannity. This is the Sean Hannity Show, and uh, it's interesting, if, if you were on earlier when Dr. Robert Malone was on, uh, this is the guy that created, discovered, invented, however you want to say it, the mRNA technology. And one of the things that he pointed out in writing, and he uh, he says uh, orally, that this the technology of the mRNA vaccinations has not been adequately tested. And he said, and these are his words, we need at least five years of testing and research before we can really understand the risks associated with this new technology. The harms and risk of new technology often become revealed many years later. And I have been uh, uh, reading Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s new book. Uh, it's pretty amazing. The Real Anthony Fauci, Bill Gates, Big Pharma, and the Global War on Democracy and Public Health. And sometimes people refer to Robert Kennedy as, uh, oh, he's just an anti-vaxxer. But I got to have a discussion with him Wednesday, and actually he says the very thing that Dr. Robert Malone says, that he's not against vaccinations. He's against 
having people take vaccines that have not been properly tested. Uh, and like Dr. Malone says, and, and actually Dr. Fauci has said before, you know, the best, the gold standard is, uh, and I can't remember if he says five years, but where you have a double blind test, somebody taking placebo and then somebody taking the real vaccine and you test these things and then you can find out what the difference is, what kind of risk there is. And as Dr. Malone says, the reason they're giving you to vaccinate your child is a lie. That's pretty serious stuff. Uh, and we have Robert Kennedy Jr. on the phone now. Robert, it's a pleasure to have you on. And I was amazed at the degree of digging you did, the documentation, the source sourcing you've done for your book. It is quite an eye opener. Um, I appreciate you doing that book. Well, thank you for taking the time to read it. Yeah, well, what uh, what would you like for people to understand? And hopefully uh, people will be interested and want to read what you've dug out. Well, you know, the reason that I wrote the book is because I've been in a battle with Dr. Fauci and the public health establishment for almost 20 years. And I had a unique perspective in understanding the incentives that motivate Dr. Fauci and other people within his agency. Dr. Fauci does not do public health. He does pharmaceutical promotion, pharmaceutical development. Between 2009 and 2016, FDA approved 240 new drugs, all of which came from Tony Fauci's agency. Wow. So he is an incubator for the pharmaceutical industry. He is the most important incubator, and he not only creates these new products, he farms them out to the university for phase two and phase three trials. He then brings in a pharmaceutical company to pay for the phase three trial. Then when they get through that process, he takes the drug and walks it through the FDA approval process, which he completely controls. And he gets these new drugs approved. He splits the patent with the company. They give part of the patent royalties to the university so they're now dependent on his largesse. They keep, he can assign patent margin rights to loyalists, his loyal deputies within his agency. So, for example, with the Moderna vaccine, his agency, NIH, owns half the patent and stands to wow. make billions and billions of dollars, which he will control. He also has four of his top deputies who he has designated to receive patent rights, who each of them stand to collect $150,000 a year on top of their government salaries for the rest of their lives. Wow. Because wow. they worked on a, on a product which you and I, the federal taxpayer, created with $2.2 billion of our money. So there's this very corrupt feedback loop, which has the regulatory functions of NIH 
being completely consumed by mercantile and commercial ambitions of the people who work there. Wow. Well, Robert, the, the phrase that immediately jumps to mind is conflict of interest. How can you possibly be fair and impartial when you have a financial stake in this? Now, you mentioned the $2 billion of taxpayer dollars, but I was thinking in the book uh, you had mentioned that actually he's gatekeeper for a lot more money than that. Uh, you get on uh, Fauci's wrong side in the pharmaceutical industry or uh, in the research industry, you are pretty well done, right? Yeah, I mean, he has, since he, since he came into NIH, he's dispensed more than half a trillion dollars. So he has a budget, wow, that's an, annual budget an annual budget of $7.7 billion, and 6.1 of that, is from the taxpayer, and then one point about one point six is from the military, which uh, is for bioweapons development, which he is the leading promoter of of weapons development, which is why he had to be in Wuhan. So, between him and Gates, and he and Gates, as I show in my book, coordinate all of their movements. They signed a partner, they shook hands on a partnership agreement. In the year 2000, Gates summoned Fauci out to his $187 million mansion on the banks of Lake Washington, sat him in a club chair in his library, and proposed a partnership where they would vaccinate the entire human population, including all adults, by 2020. In 2009, they went public with that partnership. They called it the Decade of Vaccines, saying that by 2020, all of us, all humanity, would be vaccinated with a battery of new vaccines, and including vaccine passports and all these other instrumentalities that we are now becoming aware of. But the third leg in that stool is Jeremy Farrar, who is the head of the Wellcome Trust, which is the UK version of the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, and he also coordinates all activities. It's the it's the biggest pharmaceutical stock portfolio in the world. He does the same thing as Gates and Fauci does. They all coordinate everything they do together. And between the three of them, they can, they control 61% of all biomedical research funding on Earth. So if you are a research scientist, you cannot afford to get on the wrong side of either of the, of any of these three men because they will not, they will not just starve you from funding, but they will ruin your career. They can bankrupt your, your university. They control the journals. They control the FDA. They control all new drug development. And well, they, you know, Fauci is the most powerful medical official in human history. Well, and Robert, in your book, you give examples of people that were incredible in their research and their development and their pursuit of cures and things and yet uh, they end up getting on the wrong side of Fauci and he destroys their career and you give it examples of that but when you bring up this this that he 
would be getting money from the Department of Defense to help develop weapons. At the same time, he's supposed to be finding cures and and things like that. That seems to be a dramatic uh, conflict of interest, didn't it? Well, what happened is in 2001, three weeks after 9-11, there was an anthrax attack in America. And the anthrax attack is very, very peculiar. First of all, they were this group of people who I who are kind of the centerpiece of my of my book. Uh, Tony Fauci's partner Robert Cadillac was already doing simulations. He did a simulation that year called Dark Winter, which was a simulated anthrax attack. A couple of months later, we had an anthrax attack, and the anthrax attack was used as a pretense to invade Iraq and also to pass the Patriot Act. It later turned out that Saddam Hussein had nothing to do with the anthrax, yep. as we originally told. It had come from one of three U.S. military laboratories. So there was somebody involved in the U.S. military who clearly was involved in the anthrax attacks. Now, the outcome was not only the passage of the Patriot Act, but a huge new investment by the Pentagon and the CIA in bioweapons research, which had been forbidden in 1972 when we signed the bioweapons Mm -hmm. research treaty. The only thing that you could continue to study was defenses against bioweapons, which means vaccines. As it turns out, the same research that you use to develop vaccines is the same research that you use to develop bioweapons. So it's called dual-use research, and that research, according to a loophole in the bioweapons treaty, could continue. The Pentagon wanted to do a lot of bioweapons research under the cover of doing vaccine research, but it believed that nobody would would, would consider it plausible. They would accept that what mm-hmm. we're really interested in is vaccine. So they farmed it out to Dr. Fauci, and they began funneling to him $1.7 billion a year. It's now up to $2.2 billion. They also gave him a personal salary raise of 68% that is linked to his continuing to do bioweapons research. So under the pretext that he's developing vaccines. So in 2014, three of his bugs escaped. And I'll finish this after the ad. Well, we're going to need to go ahead and finish. But let me just tell you, Robert, I appreciate so much your work. And I appreciate uh, the book. It's the real Anthony Fauci, and uh, you need, it's incredible. I've learned so much from your hard work, your digging, and I appreciate you helping educate America on what's been going on. And I would love to uh, work out a way to try to prevent the kind of conflicts from happening that we've seen with Dr. Fauci. But, y'all, that's Robert F. Kennedy, Jr. The book is The Real Anthony Fauci. Uh, it's amazing, and I appreciate it so much. Thank you, Robert, and thank you for being on. And this is the Sean Hannity Show. Uh, I'm Louis Gomert sitting in.
thoughts on the stories that matter most to you. Sean Hannity's on right now. If you missed any of Sean's show today, catch up tonight on demand at 710WOR.com slash podcast. This is the Sean Hannity Show. This is Louis Gomert sitting in for Sean. And it was great to have Robert Kennedy Jr. on. Uh, he really has done a lot of work. And, and it's quite, that book is quite an eye opener. And uh, uh, you'll learn something, I, I guarantee you. Um, well, a week from today is Christmas Eve. And. There's a song, it wasn't even on a Christmas album, it was on a James Taylor album, but I have loved it and will share these words with you. It's called Home by Another Way. Those magic men, the magi, some people call them wise or oriental, even kings. Well, anyway, those guys, they visited with Jesus, they sure enjoyed their stay, then warned in a dream of King Herod's scheme, they went home by another way. And next verse, steer clear of royal welcomes, avoid a big to-do. A king who would slaughter the innocents will not cut a deal for you. He really, really wants those presents. He'll comb your camel's fur until his boys announce they found trace amounts of your frankincense, gold, and myrrh. Well, it pleasures me to be here and to sing this song tonight. They tell me that life is a miracle, and I figure that they're right. But Herod's always out there. He's got our cards on file. It's a lead pipe cinch if we give an inch. Oh, Herod likes to take a mile. Of course, it's time to go home by another way. Home by another way. You have to figure to God saying, play the odds and go home by another way. We can make it another way. Safe home, as they used to say. Keep a weather eye to the chart on high and go home another way. You meet Jesus, you go home another way. God bless you. Merry Christmas. Have a great weekend. And Monday, the Sean Hannity Show will be back. I'm Louie Gomert at gomert.net. We'll talk to you soon.